like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, fellow sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for collectors of rare books and also statuary. Mm. Yes. Double Gotta whammy. love a statue. <laughs> Up for our, I would say, riveting review this week is Nancy Drew and the Whispering Statue. Uh, we have to whisper the whole time. Uh, Kelly, <laughs> one opening thought to ponder. Yes, sister. This isn't even a thought to ponder. This is just a demand for information. <laughs> Since when does Nancy have a dog? Yeah, good talk. Yeah, all that of was a sudden, just that was sprunged it upon us. All of a sudden, we just she has a little her pet dog leaps into her lap named Togo. <laughs> Togo the dog. Yeah, and and it's just like they, it, 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 there is no like, oh, and here's Nancy's brand new puppy that she just got. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, she's always had a dog, you dummies. You didn't know? Yes, that that was that was how that went down. I, I have more information about that for you when we get kind of into the, the, the about the book section. <gasps> oh, I um, can't wait. But also, I do have information about this dog for you. Okay. Even prior to that. So the dog's name is Togo. And I was like, that's a very specific name. Like, where did that come from? So I Googled it. And guess what? There what? was a famous dog named Togo. Who no. Was, who she named her dog after. No. Yes. So very interesting. And there's some, like, I would say uh, crossover content with, you know, the general world right now. So have you ever heard of the dog Balto? Yes. Okay. So Togo... Okay, Balto was famous because he was the last he he was the leader of this of the dog sled team that ran like the last leg of this this big run, which was to get um diphtheria vaccine uh to Nome, Alaska. Whoa. So this happened in 1925. It's I think I it's like referred to as the serum run to Nome, but also um, the Great Race of Mercy. So you, so you get vaccinated for the for diphtheria now, but at that time, you it wasn't like, I guess, par for the course. And this town of Nome had an outbreak of diphtheria and quite a few people died. And anyway, so it was, you know, it's like in Alaska. So they have to use dog sleds. Sled dogs. Oh my gosh. Sled, sled dogs to... Um, to go 674 miles to transport <gasps> the serum to, to like save this town. So Balto was the, it was, it was like a relay race, you know, like one, one team would like go so far and then hand it off, hand the baton off to like an, another team. Um, this is fascinating. It's fascinating, isn't it? So, so Balto was the, was the lead sled dog for the last team that like actually made it into Nome. Crossed so he kind of became line. famous, but Togo was actually the dog that ran the, the lead sled dog that ran the furthest part. Oh. So he, he was kind of like actually the hero of it. 
Um, he just kind of wasn't known because he wasn't he wasn't the end guy. He didn't you know? do the, the final handoff. It, precisely, yeah. So I don't I don't run track. I don't know that. I've spent my whole life trying not to run, so I don't know what the words are. But <laughs> same. Um, so anyway, that's that's Togo, and that's who she named her dog after. Um, wow. And there is actually a. I haven't seen it yet, but um, if you have Disney Plus, in theory, you should be able to stream Disney's movie Togo. I can and I will. That mm-hmm. it's got wow. Willem Dafoe in it. Mm-hmm. Love him. You have. We're only like three minutes in, and you've won. I know. Fun facts I like, forever. Oh, I've won the fun facts. I don't know about that. You had some. I think you might have won fun facts last week with uh, Houdini. Well, I okay. So I feel like an idiot now because I thought this could be a Toto reference from The Wizard of Oz because oh yeah, the Wizard of Oz movie came out in 1939 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i'm like maybe it's just a spin on toto but no <laughs> i i think i think this dog was definitely named after togo oh, the sled dog for sure wow my mind yeah. is blown so yeah that's this is this is what i have to offer you today you crushed it on my ponder thought thank you for resolving that for me <laughs> <laughs> always happy to come in strong with a ponder thought so um I had a feeling Togo was going to come up and come up strong. So. Oh, yes. Right, yeah, right out of the gate. <laughs> right out the gate. So um, so anyway, what's been going on with you? What's up with, with Karen this week? Well, I would like to talk less about myself and more about yourself because... Oh, well. Okay. So this... Let's shall, shall we? Let's shall. This episode will come out on Thursday, which I believe is August 12th. Mm. And then mere mm. days afterwards on August 15th is a very special day. It's true. It's the day of your birth. Yeah, I mean, it's it feels less and less special as the years go on, but I mean, you know, Don't it's better that. than the alternative. So I was just gonna say it should feel more special as the years go <laughs> yeah, on. Right? <laughs> um, Made it another year, so yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, my birthday's on Sunday. So excited for your birthday! One of my big activities last weekend and early this week was that I wrapped all your birthday presents and packaged them up and shipped them to our mother for safekeeping because I don't know who can be trusted with a wrapped birthday gift for multiple days in their home. So, you know, I just... I mean, and and, and there's like, there's no watchers here, you know? Mm -mm. I could could just lie and rewrap and... Ollie's not going to rat you out. No, no. He he can't work the can opener yet, so... He's going to stay on my good side, and he knows it. There are, there are six items in this package that are six. to be unwrapped in order. What and... have I done to deserve such largesse? <laughs> Large, the largesse of the sea maiden. Great book, by the way, <laughs> if you haven't read it. Um... <laughs> Did you just make that up? No, it's a real book. It's very good. <laughs> oh, it is? Yeah. The lar- is, is it like Nancy Drew and the largesse of the sea maiden? Because it sounds like it could be. It, it uh, It's more literary short stories, but I like where you're going with it. <laughs> All right. Um, and one of these gifts, the one that shall be opened last, I think everyone on this podcast who knows you and has been listening to this and has heard your requests for gifts from me <laughs> throughout yes. the many months we've been My doing this. unabashed gift demands. <laughs> will be delighted at the great mm. reveal of this. So uh, I can't wait. And also everyone who's listening to this, be sure to bug Kelly a lot and be really nice to her. Between the time you hear this and her birthday on Sunday. But, I mean, always as well. Just always. Well, 
be sweet, you know, but thank you. extra sweet on August the 15th. Aw, well, thanks, Kara. Yeah, I love you. Okay, so. I love you too. I will stop putting you on the spot now, putting your birthday on blast. What have you been up to? <laughs> Um, nothing worth repeating. However, I have had, <laughs> I have had what I think is an amazing idea and I want to run it past you, but live, you know, live so that you have to agree with me. Oh, oh gosh. That's I, how we roll I'm here feeling in a, Newport. I'm a little sweaty right now. I'm nervous. You, sh- you should be. <laughs> okay. Sweaty palms. Lay it on um, me. Okay. So you know this, we have not told this on the pod yet, but our pal, and super fan Megan. Meg Murph. Delivered us each a package, which I'm pretty sure she she spent 30 times more in shipping than on the actual item. <laughs> um, but she shipped us each a can of bread. <laughs> she Hand, did. Canned bread. It's real and you can still get Re- it. It's a real thing. I mean, it does feel, I'm like, did you get this at Kroger or did you get this out of an antique shop? I mean, and, and I have not opened it yet. It's in a can. It's, it can't, it doesn't expire. <laughs> it's in a can. I, I, I'm very intrigued to open canned bread. It sounds like there's liquid in it, but I know that can't be true. So I don't know. We're, we're anyway, here's my thought. Okay. I have not opened mine mine either. It's perfect. I've gazed at it every single day with intrigue, Uh but I have not I have not cracked the tin. Perfect. So this is good because had you (laughs) you would have had to have gone and bought another can. Um, (laughs) Here is my here is my thought. So we have announced now, um, you know we. At our, when we did our last super sleuth which was truly devious i almost said truly scrumptious are there any chitty fans out there anyway um what was i talking about canned bread canned bread so, okay so so we announced our next four books on that episode so you know through our next uh super sleuth special my thought is is that after our next super sleuth episode which is going to be anola holmes oh i can't wait um, for i can't wait for anola holmes yes me too i can't wait my suggestion is is that our next episode after that we do a culinary show <gasps> and we'll we'll pa- no books that week we'll pause on books but we're gonna do a little bit of nancy drew cooking live <laughs> on the podcast i love this and including including opening our canned bread and doing a full sample so i like are you in because if you're in i will play on this episode i'll send you a grocery list i'm totally we'll, we'll in do it together but the barrier for me is that i cannot cook to save my life karen i really think that is not going to be a barrier on these recipes i don't know if you've been fully paying attention or not but i do think that most of these are you open a can and you add mayonnaise i can do that i can do that so i'm i'm confident you can do it i do have a couple of things in mind that i think we should make okay that would be fairly easy one of them is floating island i do think we should attempt floating island from book one from book one and then we'll we'll do something with the tinned bread. Okay. And do a, a little live taste test. But if anyone else has any requests that we should make and try on the air from past books that we've read, let me know. Let I us am know on Instagram. I'll put a post up. I think I think we should post a picture of our canned bread, Karen. Yes, I will take a I will take an artistic snapshot of that somewhere in the world today so that Perfect. the enthusiasm can build. I like the idea of, of recording this while we're making it to you because you can hear 
you're probably gonna have to edit out a lot of swearing because exactly I, i'm I, real I, bad there at will cooking. be some bad words to be said so and and probably a lot of it's not going to taste very good but um yeah, who knows? Maybe it's all delicious. So yeah, we'll give it a shot. So you, are you in? I'm totally in. And I love the idea of this like brief pivot too, because today, this episode is a big, is a big one. It is? Today is episode number 20. <gasps> oh, it is. Can you believe we've done 20? We've come a long way, baby. I know. Since when did we start this? February? No, it's not been that long. I think it was maybe April. Was it? I don't need, I don't even know. What is time? But like, what is time? We're like we? crushing through some sleuthing. Yeah, we have we've read. I mean, this was Nancy Drew number fourteen. Huh. huh. Only plus, plus, you know, we've we've done some uh, some super sleuths. Yeah, I yeah. do remember when we started this, being worried. You know, there are a finite number of Nancy Drews, and we'll run out someday. <laughs> but we've still got like eighty-seven left. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's just in the like like the primary Nancy Drew series. Then there's all the spin-offs. Totally. We still got the Hardy Boys, you know. <laughs> we got the Hardy Boys. Apparently we've got the Dana girls. The world who, is Who knew that was a thing? The world is our gooey duck. There's <laughs> <laughs> the world uh, let's hope not. I'm sorry. I'll never bring up uh, gooey ducks on this podcast again. But I had to don't, say it one more time. Don't promise things that you cannot guarantee, Karen. Like, <laughs> let's let's not jump to conclusions here. I I I feel very confident in this moment that you will 100% bring up gooey ducks again on this podcast. <laughs> and I support it. Start the tally now. Uh, well, thank you for that idea. I am 100% in. I All right, good. Well, I, I, I just chucked you right under the wheel of the wagon, but here it, we go. It's outside of my skill set, but I'm willing to grow well or fail we'll, we'll do it together i'm not gonna like practice in advance so okay okay that's fair i, th- I think what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna send you a grocery list and like a prep list and then i'll just talk you through what to do we'll i'll just talk you through step by step live okay you can you and also if anybody wants to cook along with us they can can you also include the utensils i'll need to do this because there is a Sporting chance I don't own them. <laughs> Very good. Yes. If it's not the used, cookware. if it's not used to make hamburger helper, I may not have it. <laughs> so scissors. I'm a, I'm really healthy. <laughs> scissors. Hey, I'm not judging you. Listen, if I could eat pizza every night of the week, I would. Oh uh, well. All right. I. No, we are both very excited to talk about this book. We almost started Super recording excited. like three hours early because we couldn't wait. <laughs> so shall we talk about The Whispering Statue? Let's shall. <laughs> okay, so my week this week, I did I did the research, right? So you did. here we go. I'm ready. Um, and as always, my research is 100% from Wikipedia. And some of this I will be reading directly from the Wikipedia. So don't come at me. Um, <laughs> uh so today we're talking about Nancy Drew and the Whispering Statue, which is book number 14 in the series. And, you know, Karen, like, same sitch on this one as all the other ones. You know, Harriet outlined it, Mildred wrote it, originally published in 37, rewritten in 1970. However, unlike a couple of the rewrites, this one was heavily rewritten. Really? As in, like... Not even a little bit the same. Yes. Well, so I, I, the only sense that I could have picked up on that on my own without knowing this was that the word groovy is utilized multiple mm-hmm. times in this book. And that is clearly not a 
1930s <laughs> word. So I was exactly like, right. I was like, Harriet, you're you're showing your your age here. But exactly. Um, you're, other you're than that, girl. interesting. Yeah, okay. but like the, the the plot's completely different. So um, I'm just, I just wanted to read this directly from Wikipedia. This is referring to the original one in 1937, not oh. the one we're talking about today, which is the 70s rewrite. Okay. So. This edition of the novel is considered one of the most ragged, overpopulated, and coincidence-heavy of the series. <laughs> oh, that's says, a yeah, that's a hard Wolf. trophy to earn because <laughs> that's been a hallmark of many of these books. Exactly, <laughs> the most. <laughs> um, it does, however, introduce the enduringly popular Togo, who <gasps> becomes a mainstay in the series thereafter. This book is full of atypically harsh episodes, which I'm not going to go into, but you can read it yourself. And some saucy behavior by Nancy herself. I feel robbed. I want to see the saucy behavior of Nancy. <laughs> it is perhaps the book most extensively overhauled for the reissue. <gasps> so here are a couple of things that I just kind of like pulled out of the synopsis that I was like, wow. First of all, even the synopsis doesn't make sense. Like <laughs> when, when the synopsis, you're like, huh? But one thing in this is like Togo actually like, it, it's the origin story of how Nancy and Togo met. Like, he's a little stray, and he comes in, and there's this whole, like, meeting moment, and then he, like, follows her home. So rather than just, like, what? Nancy has a dog? Like, we got in our version. You know, we see how they kind of came into each other's lives. Okay. Um, she is dragged out to sea in a house that fell into the ocean. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. The statue only whispers, like... The sta- this statue in the in the version we read, the the statue actually makes a noise, and we'll kind of go into later why that is. But in the original book, the statue only whispers because Nancy hides behind it and talks to fool a con man. Oh, that explains the cover. Correct. Correct. I, so I co- yeah. was baffled by the cover after reading this yes. because I'm like, that never happened. <laughs> what is yeah. pictured here never occurred. Okay, this never happened. So, um. There's a seaplane accident. Um, oh, glad I missed that. Okay. Yeah. There's like the opening of a new Parks and Rec Center. There's, it's just, there's a lot going on. So um, anyway, the revision is super different, obviously. One thing that is criticized. So if if you follow us on Instagram, the, the image we put up for the one sentence plot contest is the image from the original book because like the... There's actually something happening <laughs> to write a plot off of. Um, the the new cover, which is very beautiful. I mean, there's nothing happening. It's a picture of the statue and then like Nancy's kind of in profile behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of, it almost looks like the um, uh, Twisted Candles cover, you know, where there's like the overlay yes. pictures. Um, anyway, so this that cover, the new cover, is highly criticized because they're trying to make the statue look like Nancy. It's kind of a, you know, a non-important plot element in the book. The statue looks, resembles Nancy, but the statue is modeled after the Italian sculptor's wife, you know, how many ever decades or centuries or whatever before. But the statue has the same hairdo that Nancy does, which is obviously, (laughs) um, you know. Of its time. Not going to (laughs) happen. That's awesome. That is awesome. (laughs) Um, so anyway, that's that's the sitch on uh, on on the book. It's wow. I I, I kind of want to go read the original now. I do too. I want to see what these saucy Nancy comments mm-hmm. look like. Yeah, 
yeah it's huh. i mean it sounds it sounds bonkers dude like you know this this house falling into the ocean and i i'm yeah. gonna go look for it I, I i need to know i need to know the people need to know so speaking of the one sentence plot contest yes it was your it was your option this week to <laughs> it was. which one won have you made a selection i have and listen everyone this week was impossible because we got so many and very quickly and there was not a single one i read that i did not truly laugh out loud they were <laughs> so good nancy drew eats you crushed it like everyone meg murph you cried so good i however selected the one sentence plot from at covers to covers and it i i laugh every time i read it again <laughs> so this person posted a one sentence plot summary and then commented beneath it with a follow-up so it's technically two sentences and the follow-up is what makes me just weep with laughter so <laughs> it says nancy and ned's date to the art museum turns south when nancy won't stop copying the statues <laughs> and then there is a quotation that says ned Ned, look, which one's the statue? <laughs> which I just love because it's uh, this whole it's, other it's vision. It's perfectly descriptive of the cover. It's perfectly descriptive of this cover. It's it's this whole other vision of Nancy and Ned's relationship. Like, Nancy's right. being, like, an annoying, like, dad joke maker. Like, I just, <laughs> Ned, Ned, look, which one's the statue? <laughs> Nailed it. Amazing. Yes. Winner. That was of the first one the I saw too and was like, that, there we go. That's going to be hard to top. But... <laughs> um, oh, well done. All right. Well, now, without further ado, let's do today's super fast plot overview. So, those of you who haven't read this uh, can get a little scoop before we start discussing. And for this week, the super fast plot was written and will be read by Ms. Kelly Biscupink. Kelly, c'est moi. Take it away. Carson asks Nancy, Bess, and George to meet with a new client for him because he's too busy to handle the investigation himself. The out-of-town client, Mrs. Merriam, has flown to River Heights to go over the points of the case. Over dinner at the Drew's home, Mrs. Merriam explains that she suspects that the rare book dealer who is selling a book collection she inherited is shorting her on the sales. She wants Nancy and co. to investigate, and of course they accept. She also mentions that there is a whispering statue missing from the yacht club near her home, and duh, Nancy decides to check that out too. While cleaning up dinner, two masked men burst into the home, attacking Hannah and Carson, while Nancy takes a phone call from a mysterious stranger telling her to stay away from the case. Deterred? Not at all. But for safety's sake, she decides to go undercover in full-on disguise as a brunette, sunglasses-wearing, super-tan gal with a high voice named Debbie Lindbrook. Soon after, Debbie, George, and Bess travel to Waterford with plans to stay at the previously mentioned yacht club. They are immediately kidnapped from the airport by a man posing as a taxi driver, but they escape, steal the guy's car, and get to the yacht club unscathed. Debbie goes to investigate the antique dealer, Mr. Basswood's shop. While poking around, she gets mistaken for an employee, so she goes ahead and sells a few things, and then asks for a job so she can sleuth to her heart's content. She's hired at minimum wage, and works with Basswood, who, like most bosses, does no work and stays locked in a secret office all day, and with Mr. Atkins, who is a jerk to her the whole time. After work, back at the Yacht Club, the gals go searching for the missing whispering statue, which they find in under 10 minutes in a shed that's approximately one hedgerow away from where it went missing. Debbie thinks the statue's a fake, though, because it doesn't whisper. 
Side note, before we move on, here are a few things that have little to no relevance to the plot, but are highly entertaining. Number one, Debbie and co borrow a sailboat from the club and pretty instantly blow a hole in it by running over a shipwrecked yacht. But no big deal, the club isn't worried. Number two, Bess likes a new guy, Dick, who works at the yacht club. He lends them cars and boats and stuff and falls through a basement window while ever so discreetly helping the investigation. Dick likely will not make it onto the permanent Drew Clue crew. Number three, there's a casual gas explosion that rocks the whole town like an earthquake. Number four, Mr. Atkins keels over at his desk and a PE teacher that happens to be in the shop determines his heart attack and then forces him into a rousing game of dodgeball. Joking about the last part. Moving on. Not surprisingly, the cases of the rare books and the missing whispering statue overlap. With Ned's help, Debbie discovers that Mr. Basswood is selling Mrs. Merriam's books for far more than he's paying her. With the help of the aforementioned gas explosion, Debbie figures out that all of the statuary he is selling are replicas. They, along with the whispering statue, all are marked with the same maker's initials on the bottom. M-D-E-K. With the help of a real artist from New York City, Debbie discovers that those initials stand for Marco de Cure, well known for making replicas of statues. Upon a trip to his art barn, Debbie finds a clue that helps her track the real whispering statue to a woman, Mrs. King, in nearby Pittville. Long story short, Debbie figures out that Basswood, Atkins, and Dakir, along with a bunch of burly henchmen, stole the real whispering statue, replaced it with a non-whispering replica, and sold the real one for a ton of money to the unsuspecting Mrs. King. When Debbie returns to the art barn for one last sleuth around, she is entombed inside a statue, thrown into a truck, and kidnapped. Luckily, she has air holes in the statue, which help her figure out that the real statue whispers when wind blows through holes in the head. Bess, George, and Ned are able to rescue Debbie from her entombment, and the end is nigh. The police nab all the baddies, Carson flies in for a very dramatic courtroom-style interrogation, the crooks confess to everything, including ripping off Mrs. Merriam, Debbie sheds her disguise, and Nancy gets nothing but a whispered thank you from the statue for her trouble. The end. <laughs> applause, applause. Very well Thank done. You. Thank uh, you very much. You're right. She doesn't get a reward in this book. Mm. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. She didn't even get a slap on the back. She's nothing. also working two jobs. She's got a part-time job at this art. She gets nothing. Huh. You're right. She gets well, nothing. But mm-hmm. satisfaction for a job well done, as always. You know, my, my um, I've accepted the fact that Nancy's never going to be reimbursed for her time. What I am wondering if she is reimbursed for are like her expenses. So who's paying for the yacht club? Uh, who paid for the two rare books she made Ned buy? Um, She's like, you know, thanks Ned. Who's, who's paying for all of these sandwiches in the diner and you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, the yachts that they sink and you know, I mean, just who's picking up the bill? at the end of the day. She's busted through. I at least through. want her to, like, net out zero, you know? That's a good point. Yeah, she's blown through two entire convertibles since we've Two, two entire this. convertibles. <laughs> exactly. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's Never. so many boats. I mean, more, more boats than I have hands. <laughs> Less so. boats than I have fingers, but... <laughs> I don't know. We're we're coming up on it. <laughs> we're coming up on two full hands, though. So yeah. 
Anyway, um, well, Karen, before we dive into, I am, I cannot wait to get into this book. <laughs> um, but overall thoughts and musings you'd like to share? Oh, General Kelly. thoughts and musings? I thought it was so good. I loved this book. and Me too. I would say it was a book lover's paradise. Uh, mm. It was largely set in a pseudo bookstore. Mm-hmm. And it is very funny to me. So as we all know, I work for Libro FM and part of my job is bookstore partnerships. And I truly in my mind went, oh, independent bookstore. I, we should see if they're a Libro <laughs> FM partner. And I like, wow. I was like, oh man, I, yep, that's, this isn't real. Uh, <laughs> is, is, it, is an audio book and Nancy Drew times just like somebody comes to your house. <laughs> somebody yeah. comes over and reads beside your bed. <laughs> Um, I also appreciated that the line art in this book was, lent mm. itself very well to a coloring book scenario. Yes. <laughs> I, I screenshotted all of the pictures and want to print them out and color them. So that was a fun activity I didn't see coming. You should. I think I will. I'll post them on Insta. Ooh, I'm going to, I'm going to start. Should. There's one I know we're going to discuss, which mm-hmm. I will start with today. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I kind of just referenced this, but. Man, they just, Nancy and crew really lean into this case. They do. They go to this yacht club and the general consensus is, I guess we live here for as long as it takes to solve this. And Nancy takes on a full-on fake job. She is employed for multiple days. Yes. As a salesperson at this bookstore. We just really committed and I was here for it. Yes. I, you know, I, there's clearly something wrong about me that I want to know more about the financial arrangements for these sleuthing investigations, but I'm just like, this had to be a a very expensive investigation. I just really want to hope that Mrs. Merriam's paying for this. Yeah. I, I I will say one of my favorite things about Nancy getting the, the entirely fake job was there was a moment of realism that very much echoed our criticisms of these books (laughs) and their lack of reality where You know, Nancy applies for this job posing as an entirely different person. She can't Mm -hmm. reveal her identity. And she has this moment of fear with, I hope he doesn't ask for my social security number (laughs) to get this job. And I'm like, there we go. These are the the questions. These are the questions. I too would be asking. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Um, Anyway. These these are the concerns, Nancy. so. So those are my thoughts and musings. Loved it. Tell me your feelings. Same. This is hands down my favorite book. Really? Nancy book so far. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. I, I can't even tell you why. I just, I, I like, <laughs> I actually enjoyed this book just as a book, you know, like outside of not even ranking it, you know, like, because ranking your favorite Nancy Drew book against a few of them, it's like, yeah, it's kind, kind of, you know, ranking which surgical procedure you'd prefer, you know? I mean... <laughs> This one, I was actually like, no, I would, I actually like this book all by itself, not, you know, outside everything else aside. So, um, we had some undercover work. Mm-hmm. We had no twins. No. We had no orphans. No. Um, we had one of the funniest moments ever written in the history of books ever, which we will talk about later. I have a, I have a sneaking <laughs> suspicion. I know what you might be referring to, but I cannot wait to hear what this is. Oh my gosh, I it, I actually put my book down and cried laughing for like five minutes. I was like, what is happening right now? Um, here, here's, here's the question I had. 
did did anybody jump to like nobody thought the statue might be haunted which was 100% the first place I went to like oh, same. what is possessing this whispering statue you know Completely. is it Completely is it the virgin mary is it you know the ghost of you know the dead some wife some little crying woman you know like what what's possessing the statue nobody in the book seemed to even consider this as an option it was just like how is you know oh well i mean the statue whispers yeah, it does things happen and it whispers in full sentences <laughs> thank you it's not whispering like help help or uh, something why would, why would it whisper help it's it's whispering <laughs> an entire sentence which does not seem like something that the laws of physics can account for so no no and also different sentences depending on which way the wind blows yes <laughs> exactly um so marvel like, of sculpture think... <laughs> really a work of art to be sitting in a yacht club but what do i know um uh. <laughs> so yeah so uh should i should i proceed with classic mystery elements please do and I, my face hurts from smiling already. I am so tickled mm-hmm. by how much you love this book. And I am so, so anticipatory of the deeply hilarious moment <laughs> that we will discuss soon. It was, this was just a fun book. And I don't want to like talk just like too, too, I don't want to talk too much about my general thoughts and musing because, because most of this will like come, you know, we're going to talk about in the next couple of sections, I think. But I don't know. This book was like fun, mm-hmm. you know, and there was a lot of action the you know i mean of course it was all insane but like you know it didn't it wasn't boring it wasn't boring but it also wasn't like um i can't think of which one it is now where i mean it's it's probably the the dowsing locket again where you're like really you know it's like there there was just enough there wasn't too much but it also wasn't boring you know perfectly stated Maybe a little long-winded, but that's me. So, um, <laughs> classic mystery elements. Classic mystery elements. So, um, number one, as you mentioned, Nancy goes full-on undercover for a prolonged period of time with a disguise, with props, with a with a false identity. Yes, which we have not had before. No, usually when she goes in, in disguise, it's for one specific encounter, very brief period of time. But mm-hmm. this, she had to just days and days and days of mm-hmm. I can only be seen in my disguise. She has a false mm-hmm. vo- I oh, loved it. I loved it. Um, she's got a wig. She's <laughs> She's got sunglasses, which I do have a question on the sunglasses. I was assuming she was only wearing the sunglasses like when she was in the sun. Like this is just a good. I kind of think she was wearing those sunglasses 100% of the time. I do too. I think she put she was... them on in a car at night. Yes. I think you're correct. I think she was, well, like, as she works in the bookshop, I think she is just constantly wearing her sunglasses. Well, there was there was an illustration with her wearing them in the bookshop. You're correct. Yes. Now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, man, really, Nancy. I've done cool. that before, but it was because I scratched my eye with my contact lens and I couldn't see. Oh. <laughs> so. She gets a fake job. Like you mentioned, so I mean that's really committing to the to the ruse, right? Like hardcore. You, you you get a job, and you know she's done. She's never gotten a job. Like I feel like in previous books where she's kind of like done this disguise bit, it's been it's been more for like what I would call a sting operation, where she's gonna like 
she knows who her target is. They're setting up a scenario to force out the guilty culprit. This is really, she's going undercover to protect her identity so she can investigate. She yes. doesn't actually know that any of these people are guilty. So it's it's very interesting. I actually love the name Libby Booker. <gasps> I wrote that down as well. So they're trying to come up with, with uh, you know, undercover names for her. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they get to Debbie Lindbrook. Somebody just goes, like, Hannah. Says, says it. Hannah says it, right? Yes. But there's, like, no rhyme or reason to it. But was it Bess who goes, you should be Libby Booker, like, Libby, like, library, Booker, like, book? It was perfect. I was like, perfect. upset when we just breezed past that. They mm-hmm. they nailed it on attempt number one, yeah. and then we ended up with Debbie Lindbrook. Debbie Lindbrook. The other one that they recommended was Carrie Fisher. <gasps> Wait. Remind me who that is. Uh, Princess Leia. But but that that's not of the time. No, they just picked a name, but it happened to be Carrie Fisher. That's why I was confused because I know who Carrie Fisher is, but I'm like, it was that a mm-hmm. person then? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they weren't referencing anything. I mean, I, well, I mean, she would have been alive then if this was, if you can, if you think about the rewrite in the 70s. Oh, yes. But I I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think they just picked a random name. I mean, Carrie Fisher was born in 56. And so Star, I'm looking it up now because I'm like, Star Wars would have been like in the 70s, I guess. But I I don't, I really don't think that had anything to do with it. Um, but I was like, well, that's kind of random. Uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe it was 100%. Um, Princess Leia. Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, it na- was... 1977. It, I, that's not what it was. That's not what it was. But um, yeah, I don't was... know. I like I like when we start rumors on this podcast. Okay. There's a, well... So everyone, it is confirmed there's a Star Wars reference in this book. <laughs> <laughs> that Very actually prescient. happened. <laughs> that's a real thing. <laughs> We can prove it. It says so in the book. So I I also, so, okay, this this is funny for me. So at one point, after Debbie gets her job, George goes and disappears, and she comes back with printed business cards mm-hmm. for her with her name on them. And it reminded me of this, <laughs> I used to go to these amazing Halloween parties when I lived in Charleston. Oh, yeah. And they had, yeah, they had these insane costume contests with like some good prizes involved so people always took it really seriously and one guy came is a character from kingpin and <laughs> it was perfect but he also was handing out business cards Ugh. with his care with his name with his you know character's name on them and i was like that is brilliant the pa de resistance on a good <laughs> costume so i just i was like now i mean i think now there's a kingpin crossover too so. <laughs> it's all about the details so curi- it's all about the details you know and like a little bit of professional printing goes a long way so um what would be what would be your disguise do you like do you know how you would if you had to go undercover like on on the lamb tomorrow what would you do oh that is a and, fantastic and what would your question. and what would your name be I, okay, I have not had any time to prepare for this response, but right off the top of my head, I really love stories, especially from the days of yore, when women have to dress up as men to, like, gain access to certain things that they would not, like, uh, for example, Mulan, when she cuts all her hair off to go join the army and, like, avenge her family and, like, save her country, 
I, I so I think I would be like a dude. I would want to be like one of the Peaky Blinder kind of guys, mm. and I'm just you know doing a real bad accent, but I'm a I'm like some sort of. You'd be you'd be a newsie. I I would you would, you would become the thing that you fear the most. <laughs> I would a hundred percent become a newsie, and I'd do just a real thick Brooklyn accent. And, and so I'd be selling my paints, trying to sell your paints. <laughs> yeah, totally. And my name would be. I, I really liked Old Baddie's name in the last book, so I'd be like, Papy Jones. <laughs> P.P. Jones. Yeah, that's me. And, nice. I, and I sell, I'm selling you the, would, the, sh- the you sun. Are, you are not going for the blending in philosophy, are you? <laughs> no, it's, but I'm like the purloined letter. Like it would be so absurd and so obvious. They're like, this person's just insane. Like there's no way that she thinks anyone, <laughs> like she can't really be a sleuth. And so I would just slip right through because I'd look crazy. <laughs> There you go. All right. You're you're going to hide in plain sight. What what would you be? <laughs> oh, I'm not prepared to answer this question. Oh my god, that's so I was, unfair. I was asking you. Okay, well. I, w- I would not be a newsie. <laughs> um you're like that yeah, I don't that know. I can say with certainty. <laughs> I I don't I don't think I'm the type of person to go on the run. I just, you know, like when the walking dead happens, I'm going to walk toward them, you know? I'll help you. I Like feel... in a bird box scenario, I'm just going to open my eyes like right <laughs> off the bat. You know? I, I really hope we're together if this happens because I will, I will protect you if I'm, pr- I'm You prepared. will? Yeah, I will. I'm not going to trip you and run. No, I didn't think you would trip me and run, but I kind of thought you would be with me in the like, you know what? We're probably not going to make it through this. <laughs> this is too much of a liability. We don't, we don't like horror movies. You know, like why do we want to live one? Like, listen, I don't, I don't think we're going to get too far, but I'll help you as much as I can. <laughs> we're going to try. Okay. All right. So we're going to thumb on Louise it a little bit. All right. Yep, yep. One newsy. And I don't know. I don't know. I, I got to think about that. Ask me again at the end. I'll okay. play on it. Done. I, I, I wasn't prepared. I'm adding it so. to open questions right now. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'm going to be distracted. <laughs> okay. So, so next. Um, we get a right off the bat attack in the Drew's household, which is, I mean, there have been some bad guys to show up to their house and make some like nonsense on the outskirts of the property and everything. But like, unless I'm misremembering, nobody has broken into their home and, you know, caused mayhem before. Well, somebody did get into Nancy's bedroom once. The the remember. actress broke into oh, Nancy's that's room right. and stole a she bunch of her a clothes and she stole her credit card, her charge plate. Yeah. So someone's You're gotten right. in, but this was the first time. This was time. like an attack. Yes. It was, this scene really genuinely scared me. Yeah. I was afraid. This, this was a lot. I mean, they attack Hannah, knock her to the ground, um, attack Carson. But, okay, this, so simultaneously in, in 1970, three things happen at the exact same moment. The phone rings, someone knocks on the front door, and someone knocks on the back door. Now, I would say for 2021, with modern technology, texting, cell phone alarms, etc., that would be a pretty massive feat of synchronization. But how do you even, like, I mean, I guess they're synchronizing their watches. And, you know, when, like, the little hands on the four knock, right? I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. Well, yeah, because the person who called on the phone would not have been with them. Correct. They would have been in a 
on a, a landline, a different or location. A, so maybe yeah. the lurkers were at either door, and they waited to hear the phone ring, and then they started knocking <gasps> when the phone started ringing. You are so smart. <gasps> I never would have thought of that. I'm a sleuth. You are a sleuth. Good thinking. Yeah. So that that was kind of freaky. They cut their phone lines. Yeah. The two intruders are wearing little Batman masks, which. <laughs> You know, it's just, like, over their eyes, which I've just found very, like... Ineffective? I mean, w- women wear that much eye makeup, and you can still tell who they are in a lineup. I mean, that's not disguising who you are. The picture of this is also very fun. We, I, I took fun. pictures of all of the pictures, and I will post them in our stories. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Um, and, and my final note on this is, you know, as far as I can remember, this was, like, certainly the most... Um, how do I put this? Like the most aggressive, certainly like beginning of a book we've had where they're trying to scare Nancy off a case. Yeah. However, I feel like this is maybe the least Carson has ever been concerned about her. Like he was far more worried about Nancy going to investigate old hollow tree stumps. You're right. Seriously, like... I mean, nobody had been attacked or nothing bad had happened there. But he, it was like, well, Ned needs to go and George and Bess need to go or else you can't. And you need to have a chaperone and you need to do, do, do. And this one, he's like, well, you know, maybe put a wig on. Have a you good time. You know? so right. He and, and Carson just kind of buzzes off to Washington, D.C. and mm-hmm. is working on his own case the whole time. He's, he pieces out after. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, there's a lot happening right at the beginning. Um. I'm going to talk about my favorite part last. So next we're going to get to the kidnappings, which, you know, we won't linger over because this is certainly not anything new to these books. Because we haven't graduated to murder, there's, you know, kidnappings, the next worst thing. So we get a lot of those. And like lock you up and throw away the key. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to passively murder you, you know, with like starvation or like the tide coming in or whatever. Um, but this time, so right off the bat, all three of them, Nancy, Best, George, get kidnapped when they get off the plane in wherever the heck they are. Like, they, So what happens is they get off the plane, they go out to, like, the taxi queue. There are no taxis there. And then suddenly, like, a car pulls up, and the guy gets out and goes, are you going to the yacht club? <gasps> and they go, yes. And he goes, okay, get in. And oh. they, they bop in. And then they're clearly taken not to the yacht club. Oh, God, I was, my heart was pounding. It is... <laughs> That is such a classic scenario. And that's why at the airport, when you're waiting, there are those automated voices over the loudspeaker that say, do not get in the car with anyone claiming to be a cab driver. Queue at the taxi queue only. And I've I've seen people do that. Like walk up to people in that taxi queue and Um. pretend to be taxi drivers and say, hey, you don't want to wait in this line? Like, I'll take you. And oh, it, oh, I hate it. No, no. No, don't don't like it at all. Um, I mean, it that is it is something that shows up a lot in um, you know mystery novels and stuff. But I mean, it also happens in real life a lot. I mean, you yeah. know, there's been stuff recently with you know people impersonating Uber drivers and stuff, and it's terrible and scary. So anyway, um, they got away, but scary, y'all. Stranger danger. Be careful when getting in strangers' cars. Just morning um and then at the end of the book this is like my second biggest kidnapping fear um nancy gets 
shoved into like they're they're out investigating this um sculptor's barn where he does his you know replica sculpting yeah and there's a there's two halves of a statue lying like face down on the ground that you know they would eventually put together and seam up well nancy gets forced into this like it's like a sarcophagus basically you know she gets shoved into the statue and enclosed in it with both halves and then thrown into a truck and taken somewhere and it's like oh no that's terrifying like a little too buried alive for me 100 and she starts having a panic attack she can't breathe she has to remind herself that there are air holes and being nancy she has an epiphany in that moment <laughs> about, mm-hmm. oh, air holes. That's why the statue whispers. But that's how that statue whispers. Brain's like, always working, but I, that was fearful. Did not it, like. It really was. Yeah. Zero stars. Can't recommend. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So final thing. Is this the, your big yes. moment? <laughs> mm. Oh, I've got to crack my neck. Oh, so good. So. Listen, I'm not even going to call this a classic mystery element. This is a classic Scooby-Doo mystery element, okay? (laughs) But that doesn't make it any less funny. So this is like the E.T. hiding in plain sight thing. So, you know, E.T. where, like, he opens the, they open the closet and, like, E.T.'s, like, hidden amongst all the stuffed animals. Yeah. Like, just act natural. That messed me up, man, because I had a lot of stuffed animals and that movie scared me to death. And I was so afraid I was going to turn around one day and see his little head. But he was a little nice alien. I know. I think he's really cute now. But as a child, that movie yeah, messed me, me up. <laughs> Where he was all pale and in the hospital. That freaked me out real bad. So. Hated it. Um, okay. So so here's the moment I'm talking about. Every If you've read the book, you know. So, <laughs> so Nancy, Bess, and George are in this antique rare bookshop place, right? They've managed to sneak in after the owner is gone. Or actually, they hide before he leaves, and he, like, locks them in and doesn't realize they're still there. And they go to investigate this secret back room that Nancy has found. And while they're back in the secret room exploring <laughs> and poking around, which is, you know, it's, it's full of, like, all of these things that basically are used to, like, either display or create art forgeries. Um, somebody else comes into the shop they have a key and let themselves in and it's one of the big burly henchmen with the batman masks from scene one and they have to hide but there's no place to hide (laughs) 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 but there are three empty picture frames (laughs) so they each grab a picture frame and pose and just just pretend to be a painting I, and he comes in and doesn't see him until like you know Bess falls over or something and she it gets falls away, out of like, the frame <laughs> oh my god and the picture the illustration in the book that goes with this is so perfect it's, it's just, so funny but is this not a scooby-doo moment or what like it a hundred percent is and i think the quote nancy actually says out loud pose ladies <laughs> and i I lost it. I I lost my brain laughing. Vogue. And it worked. And it worked. And it worked. I mean, I I, I keep trying to think of what cartoon this is out of because I know I've seen this like 40 times in like old school 1980s cartoons. No doubt. Like, is it Inspector Gadget? Is it Scooby-Doo? Is it 
strawberry shortcake, like the gummy bears, probably all of the above. Most likely. <laughs> I hope it's strawberry shortcake. Rainbow bright. <laughs> I, Rainbow Bright. I feel like She-Ra probably didn't do this, but you never know. There's it, probably some version of it. It's. I'm going to do it next time I need to hide. <laughs> exactly. Just, you know. Pose. Act, act like a statue. <laughs> act natural. Like throwing a football or eating a plate of spaghetti or thinking. Petting a, a book. Petting a cat. <laughs> yeah. You, you went to theater school. Petting I, a cat. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Anyway, that concludes my my elements. Oh, so well done. Um, I can't take any credit. This one was all Carolyn Keene. I nailed it. Kelly. Yes. Real world river heights. Give it to me, baby. <laughs> Is that the best I've ever said it? Mm-hmm. Said with conviction. It's only getting better every week. AKA friends and dating. The first thing I would like to discuss, we have a term used in this book for the first time ever, Carson actually insists to Mrs. Merriam at the beginning of this book that he is going to assign this case to the detective force. Yes. Which is Nancy, George, and Bess. Yes. So they are officially a part of the crew now. Yeah. They were kind of just previously tag-alongs to keep an eye Mm -hmm. on things, and if Nancy's going to go on these dope vacations, they might as well come along and enjoy the scenery, but he referred to them as the detective force, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, and and I mean, they have officially graduated up to like handling Carson's clients for him, as opposed to just like, we met the sad orphan who can't get a job on the train. Let's maybe go help her grandmother out. Good point. You know? Good point. Yeah, like they're 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 getting handed the real deal now. So thought that was super sweet, and so. Let's talk about George and Bess then, as official mm-hmm. members of the detective force. Yes. George was coming in hot with the judo this week. Yes, she was. She got to pull that out on a couple of occasions. Like, we've always known this to be true about her, that she likes to go to the gym and that she specifically is a student of judo. But mm-hmm. she judos a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Like, the big, the big guy who captures them when they're hiding in the picture frames. Yeah, yeah, she gets to judo him. She she judos a, a mask right off an intruder at the beginning. Oh, she does. Yes, one mm-hmm. of the Batman masks. So exactly, George is the the muscle in the the <laughs> yes, clue crew. Yes. Yep. Um, and then Bess is still just the best. Um, she's, I love her so much. She's charming. She's kind. She is the smartest of all three of them when it comes Definitely to the smartest one. Mm-hmm. Personal health and safety. Um, her best line in this book. They're talking about, you know, I think I think we're we're gonna get this solved. And she says, Well, yeah, the mystery is practically solved. All you have to find out is when and where and who did what and why. And they're like, Oh, Bess. <laughs> <laughs> Just about there. I was like, ah, Bess with the sass. I know I love that line too. She did. Um, um and then the last thing I'll say about Bess, she is the, <laughs> she is the one who has the wherewithal to say, Yes, I realize we are at a yacht club. Yes, I realize we get asked to race these yachts in the daily yacht race every day. But you know what? I've learned some things from the last 13 books that I have personally been in. And it's that if there is a boat, it's going to sink. I, I'm i good. I will. Yeah. You guys have a great sailing adventure. I will remain on shore. 
Yeah, the, the, the River Heights death rate in boats is astronomically high. And yet they still get in boats. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, Bess. Don't blame her at all. She's like, I'll be here on the shore. Y'all have a good time. <laughs> Smart move. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Next, I would like to discuss our boy, Ned Nickerson. Ned Nickerson. Yeah, I have questions about Ned. Okay, well, tell me, tell me your questions. Well, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, um, but I mean, I sometimes get the sense that Ned is, I think Nancy likes him, but like Ned could just as easily be just a random man friend that shows up at convenient times to help her with investigations. Like uh. I, I, they don't, I, I, you would never know that they were dating unless that was part of his like descriptor in every book. Good point. Good point. Yeah. There's he, no romance between them. There's you know? not. And to your point last week, we don't even know. They've never even so much as held hands. Right. That we're aware of. It's not like he's taking her on like romantic private dates or anything. Or no. Doing, he's not bringing her flowers. He's, you know, like even if it's not like, you know, making out in their sailboat, like it just, it feels very platonic. Yeah. Um, and then when she's kind of like done with him, he goes away and she's like, oh, oh, Garcon, come back. I need you to go buy some rare books for me. Pay whatever he asks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, so, you know, the book know. where we had a, a chemistry puzzle. She's like, oh, Ned's a chemist. Mm-hmm. Ned, get out here. And he's like, it's mm-hmm. it's a firework. Like, Good job, Ned. Um, we we did learn something new about Ned today. He's got yet another summer job in I summer know. number 47. Yep. It made, it, it's, the first, it's the first thing that's made me not like him, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. Would you like to say it? No, it's your section. You tell everyone. He's an insurance salesman, a summertime insurance salesman. <laughs> yeah, which feels more casual than I thought insurance sales required. Just door to door. Do you have health insurance? Well, let me tell you about Aetna. <laughs> I mean, just like, don't you have to be licensed to do that? Probably not in the 30s. Who knows? And I just, it, listen, this is not a positive thing about me, but I just don't love anything about the sales profession. It really stresses me out. And I don't like dealing with someone who's trying to sell me on things and just picturing Ned in his little Ned suit, knocking on doors, charming Mm -hmm. old ladies into giving him money. Charming their pants off. Upset me. And it made me. Handsome football player, insurance salesman, Ned. He lost some points with me for that one. So Um, I liked him better as a camp counselor. I still like John McBride better from book number three, so... <laughs> I agree. Like, if you're going to get a summer job, get a summer job with the CIA. And just be an undercover agent with a submarine. Yeah. Like, that guy still Thank rules, you. so... Nuclear weapons silo summer job, you know? Yep, yep. You prob- prob- probably same amount of licensing with that as with insurance. I did have oh, a yeah. question, though. That, Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Ned is gallivanting around with Nancy in this book while Nancy is in disguise as a brunette. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. apparently this is a very convincing costume because no one has put together Mm-mm. that this might be Nancy Drew, despite the fact that she is with Beth and George all the time. Exactly. <laughs> and they're like, wow, I guess they have a new friend. So yeah. I was wondering, all these people are seeing Ned with this brunette mm-hmm. who never takes her sunnies off. Mm-hmm. Is there some hot goss in River Heights that Ned is cheating on Nancy? And is that going to be like a thing where people start coming to Nancy saying, hey, man, I know you've been out of town at this yacht club, 
But I, the word on the street is Ned has been driving around with. Ned's got a Jackie O looking side piece. He's got a new shoddy. So a new shoddy. I'm just like imagining the gossip rags <laughs> in River Heights being rife with Ned and Debbie details. Well, you're you're the wannabe. That's pape. that's. That's that's the pape I'm selling. Isn't it? I, the the gossip rags. I'm totally in for yeah. it. Yes. Um, uh, well, I think I think there's a high probability of that. Yeah. Because people I think are very protective of Nancy. Yes. She kept her she kept her secret identity pretty well hidden. I would say she did. So I mean I think we can safely assume that even if we never hear about it, she's probably having to talk a few buddies down. Like I can see Helen getting on the horn with her and being like Helen you know, would because Helen mm, is. The greatest mm-hmm. friend of all time. Oh, yep. the other thing. I, maybe this is why I don't like Ned now. He doesn't like brunettes. We learn. I know. Yeah, he was pretty pretty not cool about it, too. Nancy removes her brunette wig at some point to reveal her flowing Titian locks. And he <laughs> says, he heaves a sigh, is yes. the direct quote. He heaves a sigh and said, oh, this is much more my type. And I, as a brunette, Offense. Like, well, screw you too, Ned Nickerson. Yes. Offense. <laughs> we don't like you either. <laughs> it's like you know what, Nancy isn't always gonna look like this. You know, like if no. she has babies, you know, maybe her hair is not always gonna be Titian. Indeed. What are you trying to say? So it's a very 1930s concept. Ned. I felt like we just saw another side of Ned that didn't uh, resonate with me personally no. this week. It aligned much more with insurance salesman Ned than with you know previous iterations we'll have to keep an eye on him perfectly we may have stated. to reopen the boyfriend bracket we <laughs> we may have to it's like ned there's it's never too early to go back on the boyfriend bracket <laughs> oh i have one final this i almost put this in open questions but i put it in this section because i couldn't wait that long mm, to ask you okay this was the thing that made me laugh so hard i cried in this mm. book do you recall what? in, I believe it was Redgate Farm, where we had the cult situation? Yeah. And Nancy calls Chief McGinnis and says, I think mm-hmm. there's a cult out here. I think they're like this bloody, bloody, blah snake cult. And Chief McGinnis replies, well, I looked in my directory of all cults and I didn't <laughs> yes. see them listed. So I don't think it's real. And yes, this book, I do remember that. In this book... Nancy sees these initials on the bottom of the sculpture, M and D E K, and uh-huh. she reaches out to her sculpture expert and says, Do uh-huh. you have any idea who this is? And he replies, Well, let me look it up in my directory of all painters <laughs> and sculptors. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, I do remember that, yes. Which, same point that we made in Redgate Farm. As soon as you self-identify as a painter or sculptor, are, where and how are you required to register for this directory? It's, it's a good. It's a good point. Like, is do you like who who enters you into the directory of painters and sculptors? Also, if you are a nefarious sculptor, wouldn't you be trying to keep your name off that list? Beautiful point. And just saying, like I've doubt I've dabbled in a Plato statue here and there. Am I in the directory of painters and sculptors? Kelly? I thought you meant Play-Doh, like T-O. Oh, no. And then I was like, oh, Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Play-Doh, yes. <laughs> I, so I potentially may be in the directory of all painters you, you and sculptors. Be. You could be under, like, you know, wild and wonderful mediums. I, I, I'm rendered speechless. <laughs> like, like next to somebody that, like, 
how you know, is makes art out of like pennies and wild and wonderful mediums is yeah. the best name for a tv show ever do you think that that was a possibility for making it it should have been what? that's beautiful or or edit this out be... let's use that for... <laughs> <laughs> or, or it could be our um you know crossover ouija board show oh i'm totally down you know, Except it, could, it could be our next podcast where we like, you know, make art. We we like color in Nancy Drew illustrations while we talk to a guest psychic or something. I love that. You know, like a dual meaning. <laughs> I'm in. The art is wild oh, and the and, psychics are wonderful. And know? they're wonderful mediums. <laughs> I get you it. Know? I get you it. I get it. But I'm ching. Okay. Oh, that one took me a minute. I love you. <laughs> okay that concludes real world river heights um excellent job there was I, a lot to unpack there i'm wondering if this next section is a moot point because typically next you would do it would have been awesome if but i know that, that this book is your favorite so well, are there Karen, changes that you would still render to this literary that is, work that is an excellent question and i must tell you when i sat down to write this section i was momentarily concerned I would have nothing to contribute because I do think this is a nearly perfect tome. However, I can always find improvements to make. So I do have a couple of suggestions, which I'll be curious to hear your thoughts on. Maybe these offer no improvement whatsoever, but I do okay. have some thoughts. All right. Um, suggestion number one. It would have been awesome if the whole gang from River Heights, including Ned and uh Bert and Dave and Bess and George had gone undercover. Oh my because, gosh. Agreed. I mean, you, you kind of brought this up. Like, it seems very unlikely that no one would have figured out who Nancy was, given that they know that Bess and George are Nancy's friends and they know Nancy is not at home. Like, you, come on. Someone would put two and two together here. So, yes. Um, on top of like adding a level of, you know, rational behavior to this like obviously they need to go undercover to protect her identity as well it also would have just added like it would have been it's, like think about how we had so much fun seeing nancy go undercover yes think about how much fun it would have been to watch like Bess struggle to stay in character the whole time like she would have been the one who like was breaking character every 30 seconds and like somebody would say Bess you know because their aunt Bess is in the restaurant she would have gone who me you know she would have been all over the place <laughs> and then George like what alter ego would George have picked we would have I mean, had to like make a George judo master like, no we should we have to make George like the girliest girl ever and she like can't mm. walk in heels <laughs> yes yes so I just, like, I think it would have been fun, but also it would have add, added to, like, the plausibility that Nancy's actually able to stand or cover this whole time. Sold, stamped, approved. It's going in the rewrite. Perfect. Great. I love a good one. Number two. At the very end of the book, um, once, you know, so Nancy's got, like, this real artist friend that she kind of consults on this case. And he comes in and, like, reopens the Whispering Statue's whisper holes <laughs> i don't know how to put it differently that's what they are yeah so so basically like there's there's holes in the statues like ears and back in their hair and and i guess in their mouth and like when the wind blows through them from different directions that's what makes this whispering effect well when these crooks stole the statue and like 
made a mold out of it. I think they put silicone or something over it then to make this, you know, mold out of to make the replica. The the silicone or whatever they used to like protect the original one jammed up the whisper holes. They got a clog. So they got they got a clog. So that's why the real one even wasn't whispering. So they come in and, you know, pop open these holes and <laughs> immediately one of the criminals thinks it hears the statue say Woe to anyone who doesn't speak the truth. <laughs> There's the full sentences I was There's referring that to. Full sentence. <laughs> yeah, with punctuation and everything. Um, and that compels a confession, which this happens on like the second to last page. It's it's kind of unnecessary because everyone's already kind of like confessed four ways from Sunday. Yes. And they have like an you know, insurmountable amount of evidence against all of these guys too. So it's it's actually the one thing I wish we had kept from the original, which is the, the like the illustration from the cover where Nancy's hiding behind the the statue, making it whisper. I, I think yes. it would have been like, yeah, I think it would have been fun to keep that much earlier in the book to, you know, maybe not to scare them to confess, but maybe scare them to like reveal a clue or something. I so I believe you. Yes, approved. I think I think the whispering was such a cool element to to the to potential element, but it never got used. Like it, you know, it was part of the original, but it never got used in this one. So yeah, yep. Um, okay, last. It would have been awesome if we got more bang for our buck and Nancy being entombed in that statue. Ooh, say say more. So. She gets thrown into the statue on, like, it's, like, five pages before the end of the book. And then she gets rescued, like, one paragraph later. Mm -hmm. So it, like, initially it felt, it was, like, this really scary moment. And she was scared and, you know, thought she might suffocate. And, like, that was, like, a really scary but interesting moment. And then, like, immediately she gets rescued. So it would have been awesome if the kidnappers had gotten away like Ned best George were further behind in the rescue and they had planted her like in a museum or in like Mm. a statue garden. And then the gang had to figure out which was the Nancy statue in order to crack her out. Oh, I love where your head's at because I had a moment when this occurred where I thought maybe that other statue was whispering because someone's trapped in that one. Ooh. Which but yes, like, that's my point, right? Like, that would have been exactly right. Like, that stat. oh, it's whispering because Nancy's in it whispering. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. Completely agreed. And, like, you can, you can see it. It's like that whole, it's like a buried alive scenario, right? Where people are racing to find the area of town or the you know, like the cemetery plot or whatever that somebody's been buried in in time to save them. Like you get the countdown, right? Like, oh my God, she's only got five minutes of air left. We've got to find which statue it is. Or in Victorian times when they would, you know, bury (sighs) someone and they'd have the little bell with with a string that went through the earth onto their finger. So if you got buried Mm -hmm. alive, you could ring the bell. (laughs) Terrifying. So scary. We've made a much scarier book and I like it. Yes, but also funnier yes, because there are more costumes. <laughs> and we know she's going to be fine. But like if we're going to put her, if we're going to entomb her in a statue, let's let's, let's do, like, it. do it right. You yep. know, let's do it right. Yep. Um, so, so that concludes my suggestions. I think otherwise it was perfect. Great work. 
Okay, so to to bring to start bringing this on home, we we do have a few additions to Nancy's resume and just our our general knowledge of res, of who Nancy is. So not all of these will go on the resume, but we have an expanded knowledge. So on the resume, amateur boating accidents be gone. Apparently, mm-hmm. Nancy is an expert sailor, and so are all yeah, of her sure friends. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a quote out of the 27-page boat race that happened, but we were saying things like, Nancy uncleated the jib sheet. Yes. Deep knowledge of yachting and sailing vessels. And sailing. Yeah, like, they're they're, they're racing these boats. Like, yes. It's crazy. I mean, all I have to say is these people are from the Midwest. How, how is this happening? How did they learn to do this? No one will ever know, but... Well, and it's like, I can understand, okay, sure, they've gone on vacation to the East Coast or something, and, you know, they've taken a couple sailing lessons, but, like, to get that adept at sailing where you can jump right in a in a boat and race it, you're doing that, like, all the time. I'm mm-hmm. like, where are you sailing these boats? Sailing was never a thing. So when I lived in Charleston... I mean, I had a lot of friends that sailed down there, but like there was actually, there were sailing classes at the college university. There was a sailing team at the, that is not something that happens in Illinois. No, no, it's not. It's not. No. Like there's a reason why our mascots are like, you know, the fighting rams. It's because we're landbound. Cold weather people. Landlocked state. Thank you. Not on the resume, but a thing we know. She Mm -hmm. is now a dog owner. Mm Mm-hmm. She is a yes. certified pet owner, which I love to be true about her. She has needed yes. a dog this whole time, and I didn't even realize it. We've got Togo mm-hmm. now, and I am so happy. I I was a little disturbed that they lock this dog in the basement when people come over. <laughs> they did put particularly, him away. <laughs> particularly because <laughs> it's not like he's vicious or something. It's because he's affectionate. Which I'm like, does that mean they didn't want him to hump Mrs. Merriam's leg? I I was like, or is he a, <laughs> is he a little bitey? And we're just oh. saying affectionate in air quotes because oh. we're not sure if he if he's gonna maul somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's just a little baby a baby terrier, a little baby Togo, he's a little, little, little Togo. I love him. He's just a little little dog sled leader. Yeah. Um. Next resume item. My favorite. Nancy has an incredible photographic memory. Yes, this is the first time we know this about her. She is working in this bookshop with all of these rare editions. Lots of them. Mm-hmm. We don't know how many, but hundreds of these rare books. And <laughs> one goes missing. She she sees the bookstore owner go over to the shelf and remove one. Uh-huh. And she says, well, fortunately, I've memorized every title that we have in this store. So she goes over and cross-checks her, you know, mental palace with <laughs> with the things remaining on the shelf. And immediately is like, boop, 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 boop. It's this book on sculptors that's missing. That was uh-huh. incredibly impressive. <laughs> yeah. I love that you brought up Sherlock Holmes. Well done. With a mind palace. The mind palace, good. yes. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then kind of the last resume item would be we see her as a very successful saleswoman in this bookstore and yeah. sculpture place. She's just a people talker. She helps yeah. people identify the perfect thing for them. But here's where this goes a little bit south for me. She, 50% of the way through this book, knows that all of this art in this store 
is a forgery. And yet she continues yeah. to sell it to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I pegged that too, Karen. Even because even to the point where like she knows that uh, the the owner is gone. He's like left town, and she's like, you know what? Let's still open the store. <laughs> and she keeps selling these forgeries for yes. like. I, like she's she's delighted by how good she is at this job, and she she's is. like, "We'll just keep selling the fakes until the mystery she, is solved, and it'll I, work I mean, itself I, out." I I understand how she feels, and that I can vividly remember my like I played softball when I was a kid. If if you've seen Fortune Feimsters, sweet and salty, no, stand up special, you've got to watch it. So she talks about being on the swim team as a kid, and like how her favorite part was like the fun dip. And I've never related more because I played softball and my favorite part was running the concession stand. Oh, because I just loved loved having them dollars come through my fingers. Like I didn't get to keep them, but I didn't care. So I like, I get it. I mean, Nancy's like, you know, she's not keeping it, but man, I, I understand like the, the fun of making a sale, you know? Yeah. But she just increased the post sleuthing damage control that has to be done it was like 40 more people they had on the list they had to go back and and say sold them to like friends of hers from river heights the pe teacher and his wife i know it was a little she was like well take this little statuette home you know (laughs) it's a forgery but you know it's just a little statue it's a statuette enjoy (laughs) petite we petite court um so those are my nancy resume items and in conclusion, I have two lingering questions that I would like to ask mm. you. Yes. Tell being me. ask me. Being that this was very literary, I thought that it was interesting that the character who incites all of this with her book collection is named Mrs. Merriam, spelled M E R R I A M. Mhm. Is she part of the Merriam Webster mm. throne? <laughs> mm. Not addressed. Were were Merriam and Webster two individual people? I'm guessing. I'm guessing they were. But I because otherwise she would be Mrs. Webster. I've I've never elsewhere seen the name Merriam before. So I like it. I think we should start that rumor. Dictionary heiress is part of this book. (laughs) Final question that did not Mm -hmm. make sense to me about this book. We have an artist that is making forgeries of mm-hmm. sculptures mm-hmm. or statuettes, petite statuettes, but also yeah, large sculptures. Mm-hmm. And on every forgery <laughs> that he makes, he puts his initials on the bottom. Yeah, uh, yeah. no, can you, same question. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> I, I cannot explain it to you because it was... It was maybe my one, like, big problem with this book. Because I'm like, this would be, like, you know, me forging a Monet and then, like, you know, signing it Kelly and putting my thumbprint below it. <laughs> it's so dumb. Why? I mean, I, I can understand doing that if you're not trying to be nefarious about it. I mean, I'm not an artist, but I, I, I think I've heard that, like, in the, you know, painting world that that's one way to like teach yourself how to you, you'll like imitate the masters or right, whatever right. to like learn your craft right and you know i don't think you would forge their signature on those things because that would then i mean that would be like counterfeiting money right yes but these were like if, 
for sale trying to be passed Correct. off as the originals. And he was that is right. writing his full name and address on the bottom, basically. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't... I'm like, did, did I miss something or is this incorrect? Okay. <laughs> no, no I, think, I think you're right. I mean, I think the only reason why it was there was because Nancy needed that clue. If she ha- if that clue hadn't existed, then she wouldn't have been able to track it to that artist. And, like, that is where she had to get there. She did have to cross-check him in the directory of all sculptors, so... That is true. <laughs> but, but if she had, like, she goes to his barn, and that's how she finds the clue that leads her to Mrs. King... Etc. Etc. So like she she would have solved the rare book piece of it without him, but she wouldn't have solved the whispering statue without him. And that is why we were here was the whispering statue. The whispering statue. Cool. Well, thank you for talking through that with me. Because Nancy Drew and the mystery of Mrs. Merriam's antique book collection is less cool sounding. (laughs) Well, Karen, this week we are rating the whispering the whispering statue. Out of a 12 possible fake statuettes. Perfect. Do you want me to write this book first? I I do want you to write it first, yes. I'm going to give it a 10. 10 out of 12 fake Ten. statuettes. I think it's low, but go on. <gasps> okay. Explain. Well, so I, I loved all of the book-related elements, as I have said. That is a surefire way directly into my little book-loving heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I love that there weren't a ton of random distractions. Always when I give a Nancy a high rating, it's because of lack of random distractions. Surprise dog. Plus a million. Worth multiple statuettes, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I did remove one statuette for the eternal boat race scene. Yes. I felt like I was back in that Ned football book where we had a football game for like 30 pages. Um, I thought the exact same thing. I was was like, like, I would rather be like calling priests. Yes, I, I, I get it. They're on a boat. They're good at it. Let's move along. Um, and I did remove one statuette because I wanted to see the dog more. <laughs> just just for lack of dog. Lack well, of promised dog. Lack of Togo. He wasn't in the pictures. Mm-hmm. I just... Yeah. A carrot was dangled, and I didn't get to see that dog. So... I, I think Togo... Conti- I think he's, he's a thing now, though. We thought Helen was, too, though. Oh, God. Don't remind me of Helen. <laughs> All right. Well, for recover. What is your rating? I give it 11.5 out of 12. Oh, dang. Okay. Yes. It made sense. It was fun. It was entertaining. There was lots of action. There were two good mysteries, not like one good mystery and one crappy mystery. <laughs> Both of them were good. Um, I deducted half a point for no disguises for Bess and George. Mm, fair. I also, I gave it a thousand fake statuettes for the hiding inside the empty frames. <laughs> yes. But I also deducted a thousand fake statuettes for hiding in the empty frames. So that netted out to zero. So it was equally awesome as it was terrible. Yeah. 11.5. 11.5. Uh, so Karen, I just, just for the record, I did do a little research. So, um, we have an overall rating of 10.75 on this book. So just to be clear, we have rated the following books higher than this one. <gasps> Lilac in with the submarine. Oh, I still stand by that. That's still my you favorite. You stand by that? We yeah. rated that 11.5 Aqualung. I loved that book. <laughs> Twisted Candles. Which oh, I think we good. maybe overrated a little bit. I think we did too. We were just we came off of a bad streak of Nancy's yeah, and that. Just, <laughs> I think I think that's right. There were there was a bad streak and yeah. So that one got eleven chimney baths. 
and and Larkspur Lane, which I, I stand by that as well. That one got 11 sprained ankles. That book was great. So, yeah. But Lilac Inn is rated higher than anything else, and I'm not sure I think that's right. I stand by it. There was a submarine and John McBride. Yes, Karen, there was a submarine. <laughs> I think you're putting the emphasis in a different place than I am. <laughs> you think that's there why was, it's worse there than was this a book. Lake sub, there, was, there was a river submarine. <laughs> <laughs> you're right our rating anyway, scale has gotten out of whack but we're, le- we're learning as we go here folks well i mean i guess we just have to assume that like a chimney bat is less good than a sprained ankle that's true and a fake statuette is larger than an aqualung <laughs> so i i mean i think so but you know what do you do thank you for the research uh, thank you i'm i'm happy to do it so karen what are we reading next week Okay, so next week we're reading a book that I likely hate, which is called Nancy Drew and the Haunted Bridge, and it has a ghost on the cover, so we got a spooky oh, no. one coming for us next week. Well, um, do we want to assume that, you know, there's somebody trying to scare people off of property? I do, and I did a brief Wikipedia of this book to Uh-oh. just get a... I, 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 no spoilers, but no spoilers. I, I do know that there is jewel theft at the heart of this book, so mm. Um, mm. I think we have someone trying to frighten people away from a cache of jewels perhaps i don't know hmm. but is it a hide your jewels under a bridge For the trolls will keep it safe <laughs> <laughs> i want to make a joke about a troll's soul uh, yep i'm with you, you <laughs> gotta okay. gotta pay the troll um, toll. <clears throat> gotta pay the troll toll Hey guys, thank you for listening as always. And if you are so inclined, please do us a solid and rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, if you got any friends that like are into Nancy Drew or mysteries or just need some craziness to listen to on their commute, tell them to look us up if you don't mind. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at It's a Clue Podcast. Remember what we learned today. The moral of the story, Nancy Drew and the Whispering Statue, mm-hmm. Kelly. Yes. What if you did go, we learn? If you go sailing on a yacht, or especially like racing a yacht, and you are wearing a wig, mm-hmm. be very sure to tie it on with a kerchief or a swim cap or something. You do not want your disguise mm-hmm. flying off in the sea. And with that, happy, happy sleuthing. sleuthing! It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. <laughs> <laughs>